0: so we're here with another episode of real estate unfiltered i'm real excited to be here with nick Multibano today because nick you are as we were kind of talking about one of the most unapologetic direct <laughs> straightforward people that I've gotten to, to know uh, which Appreciate has just that. been you know which has just been awesome so let's just give everyone you know real quick because I think what you do now is very impressive and we'll you know we'll do a little bit of working backwards um, but just get maybe give everybody a quick rundown of hey your real estate career some of the things you're working on even contract that you know you're getting uh, you know you're getting signed today so
1: sure. um... So careers 10 years in, uh, it started with me and my best friend uh, teaming up together here at Allegren. So he met one of the uh, co-founders in a gym in his building and they started talking and you know, my best friend, you know, Jason was like, uh, you know, basically looking for a job because he was from Virginia and he was kind of living here. He was studying to get a, uh, masters in biochemistry, like who does that? But you know, only he does. But uh that's another story Jason's about another Jason. Yeah, in podcast. the whole other animal. Yeah. So, you know, um and then he just he got a job here and he's like, listen, you know, you should come here and blah blah and I was like, I was like, I, I was involved in a partnership in a, in a personal training facility in the city and that was kind of like ha- we were having like a fallout. So I just uh stepped away and backed out of that and, you know, uh, recouped and just sat out for like six months and did nothing, really, just uh, because I was kind of a little depressed because I put my heart and soul into fitness, as you know. know, I have a big fitness career, too. yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But um, he said, hey, this is an opportunity for best friends to work together. And I was like, yeah, I mean, what's better than this, you know, working with your best friend? So we both, you know, so I joined him over here and then we started 10 years ago and, Oh boy, a lot of a lot of pain and, you know. It wasn't
0: necessarily uh, like the fastest start new, for you guys. So, No, I yeah. mean I can
1: give you a quick tier. Yeah, just like how How you know, about a
0: financial tier? Yeah, yeah, like, you know, it was it was <laughs> hard it was hard in the beginning, yeah. um but then how did it kind of like progress over Yeah, so over time? financial
1: tier, and this is what I was always told by my dad, like if you start your own business, and that's essentially what you are in real estate, right? I mean, you're your own agent, you're yeah. within a firm, you hang your license here, but you know, you're your own company basically. You're your own company within a company. Yeah. So we started out, my father always said like, within the first five years, if you don't at least double or triple or quadruple your, your money, you know, if you want to put it as money or clientele or whatever, you however you want to bracket some key it. Metric, yeah, yeah, some metric. Then your the formula you're using is wrong. right? Or maybe that's not the job for you or like something's not right. So our first year, I'll never forget, you know, we made $36,000 each because we're 50-50 on everything. And we were just like, oh man, this is terrible. So then, year two, we made forty-four thousand dollars each, right? We're like, what's going on? Then we sat back. Now, I'll admit, in the beginning, it was rough for me because I was actually didn't, didn't realize it. I was actually still grieving from losing the business that I had invested in with another person of mm. uh, this personal training space. And when I do something, I do like a hundred. 50,000%, yeah, not people, even 100%. People will learn that. Yeah, 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 but similar. yeah, I mean, you know yeah. how I am. Zero to 100 or, you know, it's zero to negative 100 or zero to 150,000. There's <laughs> like no gray, it's like one way or the other. You know, you'll see, I'm just, like, I'm all over the place. But anyway, so, you know, I, I didn't realize I was still grieving, so like, I- inside I would be like, you know, Jason would be here at like 6 a.m. and he'd be like, where are you, where are you? And I'd get here at like 7, then i get here at 7.30, then I started coming in at 8, then I started coming in at 9. And then he said to me multiple times, like, dude, I need you, you know, blah, blah. This is like year two. And then, you know, he's like, I need you, I need you to come in, we gotta do research together. We gotta do, you know, and as you know, Jason's a researcher, I am not a researcher. You know, I mean, I, I just, I don't want a computer, I don't want anything in front of me, I want people. And so we quickly, he, he was like, I need you to research, research. And I came in and I was like, what am I researching about? And he's like, look, I'm your best friend, and I'm just gonna tell you this if if you don't come in and you don't put in the effort that I'm putting in like we we can't be partners now this is this is important this is how you know you have a best friend i did not want to react in a way of like who are you to tell me i took it exactly how it was meant like i need you you're my friend you're not you're letting me down you're not helping me we're best friends in this together and he was reaching out to me to pull me back in And that's how I know we have an unconditional friendship. And I love Jason, like, you know, he's everything to me. Um, Sorry. (laughs) No, seriously, I love him to death. He's And you know him. He's a a wonderful person. And that's when I got pulled back into the fold. And now I was like, okay, Jason woke me up. I'm going to hyper-focus. And I did. And we figured out he's the researcher. I am not. We are wasting two people on one skill when we need to split the skills. So he's the researcher. What am I? I'm this. Yep. I'm the people person. I need to be out there. I can't sit in an office. You can't put me in a cage. You know, like I need to just be out there. So I just started going to buildings, and I started going in my neighborhood and talking to doormen and speaking to supers and speaking to everybody, anybody. I would. My office is not here. My office is in my local Starbucks where I live, yeah. and I sit there for three, four, five, six hours every morning, and I just crunch and you know work, and and then people come in and they they see me and they're like, oh hey, I want to sell my apartment. Bam, okay, I'll t- hey, I want to I want to list my apartment. Yeah. So I've got a lot of business from that, and then year three we made. Eighty-six thousand dollars. I'm like, okay, we doubled. And then year four, we quadrupled. Year three, and year five was the same as year four. So then I knew we were on the right track. Yeah. But there was one piece missing. We couldn't do it all. So then we brought in Ashley.
0: Yeah. Along that path. And Ashley is. She came. Oh, she's she, effectively like your guy's CEO now. She so, is yeah. the
1: glue. Without Ashley, we would just crash and burn because yeah. she holds everything together.
0: Well, and what I hear from this and see so often is just those, you know, everybody working towards their strengths and everybody has unique strengths. And how can you put the right people in the right positions? And when you did that, you know, things I think really oh, took off yeah. for you. And, you know, you're signing a contract today. What on a $9, a $9, million, $9 million plus $9 million right? for, for someone that you manage $40 million worth of real, real estate, estate with and yeah. have an $11 million sale. Seven year relationship. Yeah. yeah. yeah which is uh, which is awesome and so you've been incredibly successful with that but i think some of your toughness and i think those are great stories because they speak to some of the tactical stuff in the business to get things moving in the right direction but to really understand you we kind of have to like roll the roll the tape back backwards and we got to roll a it back a few years <laughs> to the beginning because there's a lot of things that went on that you know to pull off these deals and to pull off the big deals there's some certain elements or just meeting people and your strengths and what you're talking about, like, those just didn't come overnight. Yeah. So where did, you know, where did Nick Multibano come from? Like, so just take us back maybe a little bit to the, to the beginning.
1: How far back you want to go? <laughs>
0: you, you, when you, I was
1: three. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 no.
0: If you have memories from when you were three, I'll be impressed.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, so I'm adopted. Let's let's just start with that. Okay. You know, I'm yeah. adopted. My sister's adopted. I'm adopted. You know, um, my parents couldn't have kids. Um, and they adopted me when I was six days old. And, you know, uh, my sister's Korean. She was adopted at six months old and oddly enough 11 years later my mother got pregnant it's just like weird you know so my brother and i have an 11 year gap my sister and i have a year and a half gap but you know uh but we are as tight as they come i mean you know my parents are like amazing um you know we could start with that like you know um one of the things is you know i was brought up like very uh ethically and morally Correct, with all the, you know, all the correct backing to, you know, to deal with society and and to deal with myself and and people. And, you know, I remember I was 12 years old and uh, this I won't forget. My mother and father was (laughs) sitting down at the kitchen table with me and my mother already knew. Like, I mean, I was like, she said I was like six or something, I was in the pediatric office and I, wrote a love letter to the receptionist who was, she said was this beautiful woman and was like, my mother was like, oh my God, I knew we were in trouble. Like, it was like, he's starting at six, like, what are we doing, you know? So I remember them sitting me down at like 12 and like my my mother said, we don't care who you bring home, just remember society may not accept it. You know, So, so I knew that my parents had my back no matter what, you know, and I knew that there was no you know, no sexual discrimination, no racial discrimination, nothing in my household. I mean, you know. it's a really
0: good foundation. Absolutely,
1: my mother's uh, Spanish descent, my father's Sicilian descent, my sister's Korean, I'm Scottish. My brother's Sicilian and and, and, and you know, Spanish. It's like we sit at the dinner table. We look like the United Nations, you know. It's like, whose family is this? You know? <laughs> I remember growing up, everybody would be like, I'd be like, this is my sister. This is my father, my mother and my brother. And they would be like, what? What's going on? I don't understand. Your blonde hair, blue eyes. Your sister's Korean. Your brother looks, you know, he's dark and dark skin, dark hair. Like, what's happening here? Like, so we had to explain that a lot growing up. But, you know, so I, that's how I grew up, you know, like, like, like morally, you know, like really just just given the tools that I needed, you know, in life yeah. uh, correctly, and a lot of love in the house. Oh my God, a lot of love. Yeah. So yeah. How, did, how
0: did that then eventually, you know, you, you started to take a different path, right? Like at yeah. what point was, and, and by the way, for those who, who don't know, one of the things I respect about you so much is you are very open, honest about everything. And I think you're gonna go, you know, a little deep on some of the things that come sure. up next, but maybe, Just real quick before you do, like your philosophy on why you're so comfortable talking about all this, whether it's, you know, me, me, anybody, you're kind of like an open book with all this, like why?
1: Yeah, no, it's just that, it's that, you know, if you put it out there yourself, then no one can hold that against you. You know, like no one has ammunition to attack you with something that you've already said yourself. So, and I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to fear about myself or about anybody else because I, one thing I believe in is honesty and integrity. It's like the most important thing in life You know if your integrity and your honesty will carry you through uh, Anything and any interaction with anyone else, but really the interaction with yourself If you can't look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself, then you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. you know, so I, I just feel that you know um, you know, I am 24 years sober, so that's a, you know, that's what you're leading into here. Yeah, so i yeah, just yeah, break yeah. that you, open. You
0: had a, you had a, like, this, this great foundation. Yeah. You've been 24 years sober. Obviously, there was, you know, some turbulence in between. Sure. And how did it, how did it get there? What were some of the things Yeah, it, it, you know,
1: a lot of people early on and I went to rehab, so a lot of people early on in rehab, I'll, I'll back up for a you know, I'll go yeah. there and I'll back up. Immediately, we're, like, going into, like, okay, you're adopted you know, what happened with the adoption? You know, like, what's going on in your house? You know, they are always like, hey, it has to be that. And I'm like... People are always
0: asking. Yeah, I'm like, it's not that.
1: It's not that I was adopted. I'm Mm -hmm. not searching for my parents, you know, my birth parents. I'm not searching for other family members or whatever. Yeah, you had a good upbringing. This is my mother. This is my father. This is my sister. This is my brother. That's the end of the story. And what, you know, what I came to realize is that, you know, I did a lot of digging and I went deep. And in rehab, you know, they basically... They basically cut you open, rip out your insides, and they, they put them up on a board. And they're like, all right, we'll do it with this. We'll get rid of this. Oh, let's address this, 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 and this. Then they work with you on everything. And they, like, you know, basically mind melt you into, like, a zombie because that's really what you are. You know, you need to be repaired from the bottom up. Then they put it all back inside you. They sew you up. And then they go, okay, there you go. You're on, there you go. You're out there in the world. So, you know, it's like, what? Yeah. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, so, yeah, there's a funny
0: rehab story, but yeah, there's yeah, a lot
1: of rehab stories and then after stories and before stories. Um, <laughs> so many stories, they like start like, and then I start, sometimes I start remembering stories. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. And wow, I remember when that happened. It's like, yeah. And when I woke up and I was like, where the hell am I? And who are you? And where am I? And what's going on? Um, but yeah, so I realized like it was me. I just wasn't comfortable with me, I didn't like who I was. I would look in the mirror and I would see someone who was very ugly. I would see someone who was not the cool kid. I would see someone who didn't fit in. Um, I would see acne. I would see uh, just, I was very skinny. You know, I was like 140 pounds in high school, 145 pounds. You know, and and I don't know where that comes from. You know, it's just, it's kind of like just this self image you know, maybe if you look back then, you know, you look through magazines as a kid, right? You might see a bodybuilding magazine, right? Yeah. So then maybe this Everything gives was you so Yeah, like, and then sport the athletes athletes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We well, now look at yeah. now. Yeah. Look at Now where we are, forget it. It's I maybe mean,
0: from when we were growing up, yeah. It's like
1: it's even worse ten times worse. Yeah. It's like crazy. I no wonder why everything's going on way later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, and I think that's, you know, and then you put this image on yourself, and then you don't think you're cool, you don't fit in, you're not the jock, you're not this. But I wasn't like you know, if, if you broke up high school into like, in grammar school, like seventh grade, eighth grade, that's kind of like when yeah. you become really self-aware yeah. of who you are, you know, like, hey, there's a girl, there's a you know, whatever. Um, you know, so I think if you made a scale of one to 10, 10 being like the super jock that like all the girls love and all the guys wanna be, and one being the recluse kid that nobody talks to and right. you know, just sits there like this, you know, I was like a five, I was like in the middle. Got so it. I kinda, I knew a little bit of the fours and the threes, and I knew some of the sixes and the sevens, and I, sometimes I got into the eight crowd, but I wanted to be the ten. You know, yeah. I, I wanted to be
0: the ten. Yeah, and it speaks a little bit to your personality, but like that all or nothing kind of uh, yeah. mentality. Well, I, yeah, it
1: started back then. Started right, right, right. I want the ten. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to settle for five. Yeah. Now that's not to say that there's anything wrong with five. You know, like like right. And I don't. I want to get off this number scale, but you know, but personally, you know you you can view yourself however you want and then you just you know uh m- you know make strive to be whatever you think is a 10 right and what i thought was a 10 was the jock with all the girls with the which is just so silly you know but as a kid you don't know you know you know you know yeah, you don't realize yeah, yeah, yeah. this you know you're 14 13 yeah. 15 you don't know what's going on yeah. you know so it was that it was really that and and meanwhile you know i look back now and like i was a uh, I was uh, in seventh grade and the eighth grader like asked me to like the school dance and she was very pretty, I remember. Yeah. And then when I was a freshman, a senior asked me to the senior prom. And when I was a freshman, I had girls pinning me against the locker and tried to kiss me and I ducked under, and ran down the hall, it was so weird. Huh. I see that now, but I didn't see it then. Yeah. Then when I was like a junior, I had all the freshmen coming in, and I'm not exaggerating, like, many like many freshman girls were like oh hey he's so cute bro. weird i just didn't view myself that way you know i mean i just yeah. was like i didn't see it
0: and so where did that kind of like lead you down in terms of like there i feel like there was a you know your bottom you know moment when you were staring at the battle of decisions like where where was your life at at that point and you know what was it kind of like you know real bottom for you i know there was like you kind of gave me like hey there's three oh yeah three options here at this point
1: well if we want to speed up to that then. or are you or what, well no what, i mean we, no we we that. could fill in the gaps so so that was really what led me to the the, the mixed crowd of druggies and not druggies but kids yeah. that kids that t- you know sample drugs and, right right yeah, and so yeah. i would now i feel like i belong right because i could do drugs just like you could do drugs uh, i could drink just okay. like you drink right yeah yep. except you know my personality. I am zero or I'm 150000 So right. well, here we are. I go from zero to 150000 and then If we'll I'm going to do
0: this and this crowd, I'm going to do, do this. I'm going to do it
1: all. I'm going to do all of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be great at doing drugs and I'm going to be great at drinking. I'm going to be the best. Tr- when there's a party, everyone else is passed out. I'm still standing up. I, sh- I swear to you, 90% of the time, I was the last person standing. Right. I, you know, it, I don't doubt it. It was crazy. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I think back now, I'm like, what are you doing? Like, 6 in the morning, I'm laying on the beach, like, by myself. Everyone else is, like, in the beach house, passed out. And I'm just like, wow, this is great. No, it's not. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, so that led me down a very, about 7 years, 8 years, 9 years. 9 years of drinking and drugs. And... uh you know, eventually it led me to um, selling drugs to survive, you know, basically yeah. to survive and, and keep my habit going, you know, because it was yeah. very uh, expensive. And, you know, I I, I think my, my, my upbringing kept me morally in check inside to where I didn't do yeah. anything harmful to people. I didn't do anything, you know. To, to get that, to get the drugs other than yeah. I found in, you know, I was a survivor. But you,
0: but you were in still some pretty intense situations. Yes,
1: yes, I mean, there were intense situations. Yeah. I mean, but, but what led me to this was like selling drugs, to do drugs, to make money, to keep buying drugs, to keep myself alive. One thing I am, which carries over to today, is a survivor. Yep. My father tells me, I could drop you in the Sahara desert, naked, with no food, no water, nothing, and you will show up at my doorstep, <laughs> knocking on the door, I'm back. He goes, I don't know how you'd make it, but you would, you'd make it. You know, and, he, and he's just like, you know, um, that's just how I am. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just, I, I, I don't quit, I don't give up, I don't surrender. But anyway, I, at this point, I needed to surrender. Right. So, it had come to a culmination of where, um, you know, I mean, without getting into the details now, where I was uh, facing jail time, um, I was facing rehab as an option or death as an option. And um, just to jump into this real fast, the jail time was 65 years to life. I was uh, back then. There was the Rockefeller Law that carried you know heavy sentences with you know drugs and stuff like that. Um, and then rehab was an option, and, and death was the option, and I knew that, you know, and, and I remember um, my family members getting in touch with me and saying, you know, you, you need help, like, you know, you're gonna die. And friends, some friends at that time, who I thought were my friends, but even they could recognize, you know, I was gonna die or something was gonna happen. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just, I went to rehab.
0: And what what was it in that moment that got you so convicted that that was gonna you know be the path like how did it change or was it it a eventual thing over time getting sober yeah
1: it was a it i remember for a year or two before i went to rehab that more often than not when i would get high there'd be times where i would um be alone and i'd just stare up at the sky like outside and i would just be like you know if there is a god just you know save me like just do something like I, I need help yeah you know i i i grew up catholic you know i i i, I don't know things got warped for me about god and you know spirituality and yeah. i will get into that later cuz i i went down a different road after you know after getting clean but um you know i just was like you got you know something just help me you know please yeah. help me and then you know and I, I was given a chance to go to rehab, and I took it. You know, yeah. and, and I went to rehab, and then while I was, for by the way, I stayed in rehab two and a half years. Yeah, which, which a doesn't long exist nowadays. Reta- yeah, and I needed two and a half years. Believe me, I would I would have been I would have relapsed at, at six months. I probably would have relapsed at a year because I didn't really break through my re- my my recovery process until a little over a year in. Like a year,
0: a year and yeah, a half. Yeah, a year and a half in the gym moment.
1: Yeah, the gym moment. Yeah. <laughs> the moment where they, they 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 took away some privileges and I snapped and I threw a chair and like, Oh, there you are, the monster we've been waiting for. I was skating through rehab. It was crazy. I was like, what am I Yeah, everything's great. Everything is meanwhile inside I was getting, you know, I was eaten up. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I went to rehab and then four months into rehab, I get a letter sent to the place and there's a warrant for my arrest. Apparently I had sold drugs to an undercover cop and That I was set up by a friend. And, you know, funny thing about the friend is I I haven't seen her since, but somebody always asked me, you know, oh my God, if you had ever found her, what would you have done? And. I go, I go, you know what? Today I would thank her. I would hug her and tell her you saved my life.
0: Yeah,
1: she did. Wow, you know, I mean, honestly, she saved my life because. She put me in the situation where I now had to choose. Do I want to stay in rehab, and do I want to stay on this path that I that I know I need help with? Do I want to go to prison, or do I want to die? Because if I go back out there and I relapse, I'm gonna die. Because I was gonna, you know, I'm a zero to 150,000, and I yeah. would have I would have, I would have went off after six months, you know, um, you know. So, you know, I just uh, I would have thanked her, yeah. you know. So I went to went to court and. You know, got sentenced to mandate mandatory uh, rehab, so I had to stay there. And if I left at any point, I would have to do the full sixty-five years to life. Um, but in the end, the, yeah. the, the the sentence got reduced. You know, because obviously I had no previous charges, so things kind of yeah. You know, they tightened it up a little bit, but I was still facing seven and a half to fifteen after rehab. Wow. They were like, you're gonna do rehab and then you're gonna do seven and a half to fifteen years, and I was like, how does that make sense? I'm gonna be sober and then I'm gonna go to jail? What? Yeah. So the whole time in you know in rehab, I was just like an angel, you know. I, I didn't allow my demon to come out because I was too scared to right, address right. it and have people you know freak out, you know, uh, like, oh my God, he's acting up. We're gonna write a letter to the judge. Right. So I just was like a saint. Then finally, the 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 there was a court date where the judge just said, you know, okay, we're gonna mandate you to rehab then you're going to do six months of house arrest when you come out, and then you're gonna do five years of probation. Now little do people know, if they're not thinking, that's, that six months house arrest and five years probation, that's just rope to hang yourself.
0: Yeah, the smallest thing happens. Yeah, then.
1: and you're doing the full time.
0: Yeah. What do you think, he's gonna
1: give me seven and a half? He's gonna go back to 65. Yeah. That's what he told me in the courtroom. He's like, oh by the way, if you slip up, yeah, you're doing the whole 65. So it's like, wow, what a trade-off. Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> so this is this is where I think it kind of gets interesting into more of the you know the the rebirth, right? Because you're mm. you're faced with these options. You're such an all-or-nothing guy. You know, I, I know you probably have to crush these demons on like a regular basis, every maybe day. more so than even day. every day now. So where do you you know? I, I know some of the things you turn to, but how do you like redirect that energy and like come out the other side to to where you are today? So what?
1: Uh the gym was one of them. Yeah. I mean, while I was upstate. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think we're getting the seven minute signal. Is that what we're getting? No,
0: no, no. I, I, I know where we're what we're gonna do is we're gonna, you know, so the the rebirth and what we're gonna do is we're gonna give like I think a little teaser in this part of the episode. Uh for the second part of like, you know, how some of these things with I think the mental fortitude yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to get through some of the tough dealings of when you were, you know, on the streets with some of this stuff, to pull through the bottom of, you know, bottoms I think of most people go through. But, you know, so maybe just quickly hit on you know, what did you direct that energy to? And then I want to just quickly give a little teaser on how some of those things have related sure. and correlated to some of like the real estate success, and we'll come back for for more of that. So yeah.
1: no, while I was in rehab, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, the no, no, there. no, no, no <laughs> I wanted to know what was going on in the background.
0: Hey, it's all cool.
1: Um, you know, uh, while I was in rehab, they had a gym up there, and I had worked out a little bit, like when I was like eighteen or whatever. You know, I was like, oh, I'm going to get big, you know, to you know, feel good about myself. But I didn't, you know, what am I? What do I know? I didn't know what I was doing. So while I was in rehab, I was like, well, there's a gym here. I was like, if I'm gonna fix the inside of my body, let's fix the outside too. You know, yeah. let, let's let's start to feel healthy all around, you know? So I would wake up with a friend up there that I, I made a friend, I made a lot of friends up there, but I made a, a good friend. We woke up every morning at 5.30 and we would, whoop, we would run, we would jog, you know, um, and then, uh, We'd go to the gym, we'd lift a little bit, and then we'd have breakfast and stuff like that. You know, by the way, every day up in rehab, you know, it was like uh, like military. They yeah. come in at 7:30 in the morning, white glove inspection of your room. If it was dusty, they'd toss your whole room and you gotta redo it. Oh yeah, it was, it was. Oh wow. Yeah, but I mean it's not jail, you know, but right. it's, but still it's you know, they're trying to teach you uh what you hadn't done in a long time, which was make your bed, clean up, you know, structure, you know, things that you didn't care about anymore in life. Right. Um yeah, so I just started working out up there and then they made me like the head of the gym. I was like running the gym, so I was like working out like all the time, you know? And then that carried over into when I left rehab, my first job was a was a trainer in a gym here in the city.
0: And not only did you do that, you've parlayed that into, you've even won some bodybuilding. Oh yeah, yeah, so,
1: so f- again, here we go, all the way to 100 miles an hour, you know, I said, okay, let's work out upstate in rehab. I come out. I'm like, I want to get a job as a trainer because that's something I have a passion about. So I get a job as a trainer. And within six months, I'm still working out now. I'm getting a little bigger. You know, I probably weigh about 175 or so, 180. Somebody in the gym that was a head trainer there says, you know, you have a good frame for like bodybuilding. And I was like, really? So he's like, yeah, yeah. So I train, he helps me with my diet a little, this, said, just for nothing, you know, because we were working together. I do my first show, I get second place. And I'm like, whoa. It's pretty cool then I I do like another show I get third place then I do another show and I get first place then I do another one I get first place and then I do another one I get first place and overall so overall is the winner of I all had to go the, up against all the weight classes and yeah. I beat all the weight classes for an overall title right so I was like wow so again it's you know getting sober and and you know digging into myself that's what uh, my drive just when I'm on something I'm just I'm all in, you know? So that all in
0: personality, I think that's probably one of the things that relates to real estate and just like quick teaser and we're gonna come back to it, you know, and really like a more full deep dive. But, you know, how have these things just maybe at a real high level, the, you know, that you talked about the upbringing, you talked about the challenges and some of the street stuff, the all or nothing personality and powering through everything. How does that come into like the real estate deals and everything? Today. Yeah, I
1: mean it's pretty, pretty small. Really, it's like this this one little part of it. It's uh, my parents taught me honesty and integrity. Yeah. My dad especially. I watched him in business. He owned his own. He owned his own business, and I watched him for years. Just people wanted to talk to him because he was so open and so honest with everybody. You know, and I always respected him for that. Mm-hmm. And I always kept that. You know, um, honesty and and being on the streets. You know, I was living on the streets. You know? I wasn't at home. Right. I, was, I was living on the streets. I was sleeping out on the streets sometimes, sleeping wherever I could. Uh, that gut instinct, that like that street, you cannot teach what I know in a classroom. Right. It's experience, it's having to deal with the worst of things out in the street. And I, I mean it. There was some bad times. Um yeah. very bad. And you just you just build this gut instinct, this just, this thing with inside of you that you just know something's not right, or or I know what that person's about, or I know what's happening here. I'll just say this real fast, I almost feel uh, I'm cheating the other side sometimes on a deal. I feel like it's the broker's at a disadvantage, it's unfair to them.
0: I wanna come back to that. We're gonna start with that, I think, yeah. and the, uh, <laughs> We're going to start with that. I'm not being cocky
1: time. either. I'm just saying no, because no, no, of this.
0: Because I think you got some great stories with that. Yeah. And about how you go go at people. And that's going to be a great place to, I think, come back to with, like, how all this then really starts to play in some of the cool real estate stories. Sure, so absolutely. we're going to be back for part two.
1: Okay. Sounds good.
0: Thank okay. you for listening to this week's episode of Love and Heartbreak, Real Estate Unfiltered. If you got anything that made you laugh, learn, we'd love to hear your comments. Got suggestions? Send us an email at podcast at elegrin.com. Big thanks to our support team, and we'll be back next week with more unscripted stories. And until then, like, subscribe, please, share this with friends.
1: And in the meantime, have fun, help people, and enjoy.